you, Jesus. God is good. Amen. My soul's singing. My heart's beating. Hallelujah. Praise God. My wallet's screaming. <laughs> my heart's beating. My soul's singing. My mind's crying. <laughs> Come on down, Grace. It's time to take up an offering. What did we say last night? Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. We had fun. Isn't it great when you get in the presence of the Lord when you're worshiping and you're just closing your eyes and you don't care who's around you and you don't care how you sound, you're just singing, you're just pouring your heart out to God. Isn't that great? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you and praise you, Lord God, for this offering and this tithes that you're bringing in, Lord God, into your kingdom where rust and moth will not devour, where it's eternal, everlasting. We don't have to worry about changing of currency, <laughs> Lord God, or what's going on. We know with you all things are stored for us. And Lord God, and you have all things, all things good in mind. And I just thank you and praise you, Lord, for what you're doing and what you're going to do for each one of us here today and each one of us that can hear this word. I thank you and I praise you that you're working in our lives, that you're working 24-7, all the time. And I'm believing, Lord God, for great and mighty things, and we're just walking by faith every day, trusting in you that you're our provider. And Lord, we just give you all the praise and honor for those that are giving. We pray that you would bless them, bless them abundantly. Lord God, pour out upon them a a blessing they cannot contain, that overflows, Lord God. Lord, we know it and we believe it. It's your your promises. The only thing we can test you in is our giving. And Lord, we just give to you freely and cheerfully in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Prayer meeting this week at 7 o'clock at our house. This week it's at our house, prayer meeting. It's going to be cold. So, turn up the heat. That's why we're going to the house. Prayer meeting at our house, 7 o'clock. Amen? Any other announcements, kids' church? Today? You're going to do it? Did you plan it? All right, well, my wife wants to do communion, so let her come on down, and I'll pass out the elements. Uh, Joe, can you put up the communion scripture? By his stripes we are healed. Your body was broken. Broken for us. For our healing. And Father, we, we just want to come to you this morning as a body for those who need healing. 
And just take a minute and just say anyone you can think of who needs healing this morning. And we're going to bring them to the cross of Jesus. Father, anyone that we have that needs healing, we pray, oh God, this morning for your anointing, for your touch on their life. We believe, God, that as we partake of your body and your blood, that miracles will happen, that this will be the house of miracles. This will be the house of miracles. Not because of us, because of you. Because of your cross, your blood that was shed, your body that was broken. We lift up all those who need healing this morning in Jesus' name. And we lift up all those, Lord, who need you, who may not know you, who need your blood over their lives, Lord. And we need it over ours, Lord Jesus. This is... This is for our health. This is for our benefit. This is what he left us and said, do this in remembrance of me and all that he's done for us. So let's read our scripture together. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Um, let's, can we stand up and read it together? All right. In honor of your word, Lord Jesus, and the power that comes through the word of God as we speak it into the air, as we proclaim it into the air, Hallelujah, hallelujah. Here we go together. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread. Let's, let's take the bread. The body of Jesus. Lift it up. And he broke it. Think about that. He lifted it up and he broke it. And he gave, and gave it to them saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake together. Thank you, Jesus.
in the same way after the supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you let's open it up and partake thank you Lord thank you Jesus God is good Amen. The title of this sermon is called Trusting in God. Trusting in God. This last week, I've heard a lot of fear and anxiety on what is going on around the world and in our country. And I can't help think of what God told Julie. I I just... You know, God, when he speaks to us, sometimes it's only a word. You're right. God told Julie to brace yourself. Brace yourself. I can't think of a better fit word than what we have to do as a church and as a body, and that is to brace ourselves. We need to brace ourselves. We need to be prepared. I think a lot of people have put our hopes and our trust in man, in ourselves, and not on God. We've put a lot of our hope and trust in our government, don't we? The Bible made it clear. Trust God, not in man. Man will disappoint you, discourage you, and fail you. But God will never disappoint you. He will never discourage you. And He will never fail you. Amen? He will never fail. He will never fail. Think about that. God will never fail you. God doesn't even know the meaning of failure. He will never fail you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Amen? Now more than ever, we need to trust God. We need to seek Him. You know, the Bible tells us in Matthew... Chapter 6, verse 33, I believe it says. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Seek God first. Seek his kingdom. Seek, knock, be persistent. Don't stop. Never give up. Seek God. And then he will give you all these things. Well, 
What are all these things that God is going to give us? I don't know about you, but when I was a kid in school, you know, in, in elementary, I learned this in elementary school, there's three basic things that you need to live. Three basic needs that you need to survive and live. Food, clothing, and shelter. I don't think they teach that anymore. Those are your three basic necessities that you need to stay alive. Food, clothing, and shelter. Well, what does God promise that he'll give you? If you read earlier back in chapter 6 of Matthew, God says, don't worry. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about your clothes. Don't worry about where you lay your head. It's the basic three basic principles of what you need to survive. God says, don't worry about that stuff. I'll provide. I'm Jehovah Jireh. Nowadays, <laughs> nowadays it's like kids will go without food, clothing, and shelter to have internet. Right? I'm going to tell you what, all you got to do is unplug them. I bet you, you unplug for an hour or two from the internet and you see what happens. See what kind of stress comes over you. You take the phones away for an hour or two and see what happens when they can't do the social media. I know. We all know who was here last night when we couldn't get the internet to work or Wi-Fi to work. It was pretty stressful. We had to wait, and all it did was buffer. And you know what the most stupidest thing I've ever done in my life was sit there and stare at my phone or at my computer watching a little circle go round and round and round. And I'm telling you, we can all sit there and watch it for minutes. Wasting our time. I wanted, you know, it would be an interesting study to see how much time we actually spend in front of our phones or computers watching that little circle buffer. It'd be interesting to log it, you know. We, we've been doing a competition, and, and it's really not good, because look at, where's my phone, kids? How many space, how many times have I walked all around this whole building today, and I don't have my phone? We're in a competition in our families, how many steps we can take, Right? And the other day, we went down and uh, we visited Jordan down there at Matthews. I walked up and down the whole parking lot and I left my phone in the truck. And I looked at Jordan. I said, darn it, Jordan. I just lost, I don't know, about a thousand steps right there. Now, Joe is way ahead of us. He's like, uh, I don't know, like the other day, I looked at my phone on my steps, right? I looked at my phone, and it's like 3 o'clock, and I got 404 steps. And I'm like, 400, I said, I give up. I give up, because I went out cleaning the barn, I was doing all kinds of things, and I left my phone inside. 
I just give up because it's not right. But Joe's got this fancy little watch, and these kids do too. They keep track of their steps. I thought I was doing good. The first day, I was all excited. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get almost 10,000 steps. I look at my phone. I got 8,000, like 200 steps. And I was in second place. Joe was ahead of me with like almost 9,000 steps. But I was only like five to 700 steps behind him. And I thought, well, I'll catch up tomorrow. Well, tomorrow came and I forgot my phone again. But it's the same thing. It's crazy. So I told him I can't do it without a watch. I can't play that game without a watch. It's not fair. Not fair. I, I saw videos of Grace walking around in circles in her, in her dining room, in her kitchen, trying to catch up. I, I, I thought I was doing good. Thought I was doing good. But it's the same thing. You take that stuff away from you, and you start to panic. Stress comes over. I got stressed yesterday because we couldn't get the internet to play the songs we needed to play for our practice. And I'm telling you what, it was stressful. And God says, I don't want you stressing. I don't want you worrying. It's stupid anyways, right? You know, sometimes you go back to the old-fashioned ways like we talked about last night. Just get us some CDs and get us some, some paper with sheet music on it. Simplify things. Everybody's looking at me like, oh, back to CDs. I don't have a CD player. That's the problem. They don't make CD players probably anymore. Everything's downloaded digital. You know? So they keep changing things. But life was so much simpler and so much easier back then. You know, we make it harder. And it's supposed to be simpler. But, you know... When you live in our area where it's rural, it's pretty frustrating not to have internet. But God says, I don't want you worrying about that. I don't want you stressing about that. I don't want you worrying and stressing about what's going on in the government. Because God sets up all the governments. Right? God is the one who establishes them. He sets them up and he takes them down. We need to pray our leaders. No matter who they are, whether we agree with them or not. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of things that we, uh, we don't agree with. If you're a Christian believer, based on the Bible, you don't believe in a lot of these things that this new administration is doing. And you should never. You should pray for your leaders, but you don't have to agree with them. You pray for them that God would work in their hearts and change their hearts. change their hearts, that God would move on them and convict them in their error, that they may see the truth and the light, that no, killing babies is not right, that is wrong, that is wrong, and it's better for you to tie a millstone around your neck and cast yourself into the deep before you hurt a child, it's not right. But God says, don't worry. Because you know what? God is our ultimate judge, isn't he? He sees everything we do. He knows everything we're going to do. He's got a plan. We have to trust in him. What we have to do is we have to seek the kingdom of God. 
and his righteousness. And he'll add all these things to you. We need to be seeking the kingdom of God, church, now more than ever before. It is so important right now in our day that we're living in that we're seeking God. That we're knocking on his door. That we're wearing out our knees in prayer. Because we need direction on where to go every day. We need to seek God for his clear direction. It's a matter of life and death for some of us. God says in Matthew chapter 6, 25 through 33... My wife's moved my, she's moved my little cards in here. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 33. God says, don't worry. Don't even worry about the basic needs, because he's got you covered. If you're a believer. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not, is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? He said, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Aren't you much more valuable than a bird? You are so much more valuable than a bird of the air. But God takes care of them. He feeds them. He takes care of them. He gives them a place for shelter. Don't you think our loving Father who loves us so much is going to do the same for you? And even more. He said, don't worry about it. You're worth way more than them. I will take care of you. And then he said, who by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Worrying does only but take life from you. When you're worrying and when you're stressed and when you're, when you're perplexed, and it's draining you, that's not of God. That's of the devil. Because it's robbing you of your life that God has for you. You know, I, t- I told my wife, I said, you know, what we need to do is we need to do, we need to come up and just cast all of our cares at the cross. We need to cast all of our cares, all of our burdens, all of our worry, all of our stress at the foot of the cross. Because Jesus already took it. He took it. He took it away from all of us. He bore it for us. 
Jesus bore the weight of the world. Don't worry. It doesn't do any good to worry. You know, I did I learned a good lesson about that when I lost the cows and I was worried about it. And I've said this story before. But you know what? God had us covered. Didn't he? God had me covered because I'm a child of God. I should have known better. I should have said, yeah, I'm not going to worry about this. God will take care of them cows. And the next day we started getting calls and all I had to do was round them up. And he even provided somebody with a trailer to help me round them up. How about that? That's how good God is. But it doesn't matter. I still spent the night worrying. I should have learned. I learned a lesson. God was showing me, teaching me, you know. I don't know about you, but I learn lessons all the time with God. I learn lessons all the time. You know, I'm not there yet. I'm not 100% there. God knows it, and I know it. So each day is a learning lesson. Each day I have something I'm learning new. You know, um, and it's exciting. But we don't need to worry. God says, I know you need all these things, so don't worry about it. Who is God? Well, isn't he Jehovah Jireh? Isn't God Jehovah Jireh? God our provider? So all we need to do now is just believe it, right? We need to get it in our heart and believe it. See, we've come accustomed to trusting in all these other things. We've come accustomed to trusting in our government. You know, we've come accustomed to trusting in our employer and our employment. We've come accustomed to trusting in man and our presidents and our leaders. That they're going to make the right decisions for the nation. And God says, you know, we've been, we've been, we've been trusting in this for too long. God is making a break on it. He said, you know what? Trust in me. Trust in me. Trust in God. Amen. Trust in God. I think, I think we can. I think he's been around for quite a long time. You know? I think he's been around. I mean, he created the universe. He created the earth, he, you know, 6,000 years ago. When he created man and Adam and Eve. I think he knows what he's doing. By now, we need to trust in him. And we've learned, we've got to learn not to to trust in that anymore. I'm not going to go there anymore. We need to be beating on the doors of heaven, knocking and seeking the Father, travailing in prayer, Trusting in God. Because he has the whole thing all figured out. Do you believe that? God's got the whole thing figured out. It's right there in his word. You know, he knows the beginning from the end. 
He's the Alpha and the Omega. This world is going to pass away, and everything in it is going to be changed. But God's Word will never change, and it will never end. We'll never pass away. You know, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for, and certain of what we do not see. Faith is being sure of what we hope for, and certain of what we do not see. Sure of what we hope for. Now, is there any doubt in there? Is there any fear in there? Is there any worry in there? No. Remember, remember when the man brought his son up to Jesus to be healed? <laughs> You're like, okay, which story now? Pastor Chris, which story was it? Well, the boy was demon-possessed, and the, and the boy got delivered. And he, and he asked him, if you, can you believe, can you heal my son? And Jesus said, do you believe? And he said, I believe, but forgive me for my unbelief. Forgive us for our unbelief. You know, so many times I think of that scripture in my head. And I think, God, if we only believe, we believe, the deeper our belief, the deeper we're sure. When you're sure of something, you don't doubt it, do you? When you're sure of it, it's a sure thing. You don't doubt it. But what happens is the devil gets in there and he starts making you doubt, making you not believe. That sure thing, all of a sudden, well, you start thinking, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? Well, is it a, is it a sure thing? Is it, is it really a sure thing? See, we got to start believing. Hope is being sure. Our faith is being sure of what we hope for. And certain, and certain of what we do not see. You know, there's another prayer I, I pray a lot. And that's that God would open my eyes to the supernatural, to the spiritual realm. That my eyes would be open. That God would take the scales of this world off my eyes. And that they'd be open to the supernatural realm, to the spiritual realm. Because, you know, Elisha could see in the spiritual realm. And he knew what was going on. And he opened up and he prayed for Elijah's servant that his eyes would be open so that way he can see all the chariots on the hills. All of God's army out there and the chariots of fire on all the hills that were surrounding them that was greater than the army that was coming in for a to take Elisha. And when, you know, the servant man come out, and all, and all the servant boy can see was the army that was there to take him and Elisha away. 
And what happened? He started to worry. He started to get fearful. And I could see him running back in. Elisha, Elisha, they're here to take us. What do we do? And I could see Elisha just walking out the door. Because he was sure of God. He had a word from God and he was sure of it. And he had faith. And he had a belief in his heart. So when he walked outside and he looked around, he didn't just look at the army like, oh, what do you want? He looked around and saw all the chariots of fire that were surrounding the army. And then what did God do? He blinded all of them soldiers and Elisha led them into this king. I pray that God will open our spiritual eyes so we can see with our spiritual eyes and our spiritual heart not just with our natural eyes. And that God would give us an increase of belief in His Word, an increase of faith. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. See, we don't see what God's doing all the time, but we start fretting when He doesn't start doing it when we want Him to we got to trust God and have faith in God that He's going to take care of us. You're worth more than a bird. He loves you with a greater love. that he, he loves you with such a great love that He gave His own Son, Jesus, to go to the cross and die for you to suffer a terrible death. A terrible death. Being crucified wasn't no patty cake walk. That's painful. Brutal. And even before He got to the cross, He was beaten to almost death. If it wasn't for him believing in his heart what he had to do, he had a mission to accomplish. He knew he had to go to that cross. He wasn't going to give up until he got there. And then when he got to the cross, he never gave up once. Because he knew, he was sure that his father was going to raise him on the third day victoriously. And he knew and he was certain that he was going to sit again at the throne of God at the right hand of the father of his daddy. He knew it. You know, I still can't fathom, you know, when they say this, when Jesus said the son of God or son of man doesn't even have a place to lay his head. When the earth is footstool. When the earth is his footstool. But I think of it, you know, here you got the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, creator of all the universe, you know? And he doesn't even have a house to lay his head in. You know, he had the temple, which was his house. But like, I, I, I'd look at it, I'm looking at it in a worldly way. When we go out and we build all these grand houses, we have these nice beds and pillows. That we, I go lay my head on a pillow every night and go to sleep. Jesus didn't have that. The King of kings and Lord of lords. He wasn't concerned about that one bit. He wasn't worried about governments. You know, was he? No, he didn't come down to change any government. He he changed the government of the whole world. 
He changed the governing of everything. He, he turned everything upside down. But he wasn't concerned about man's government, was he? No. Not at all. He went about He went about doing the will of the Father. And he said he only speaks what he hears the Father speak to him. You know, and he went around speaking in parables. He, you know, he went around in synagogues teaching the word and driving out demons. I thought it was interesting that he went to synagogues to drive out demons. <laughs> Think about that. That's the churches. He went to synagogues to preach the word and drive out demons. Pretty scary. And you know that whole thing has not changed to this day. Hasn't changed. It's still the Great Commission. Preach the word. Go out and 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 and, and bring nations into the kingdom of God. Preach the gospel, the good news. Make disciples out of nations. Is what his great commission is. Tell them about the good news, the mysteries of God, the mysteries that God came down in the flesh, was born of a virgin, went to the cross for all of our sins. He was the pure and spotless lamb. His blood was the only blood that can atone for sin forever. Who rose again the third day victoriously and now sits at the right hand of God. Go tell the good news to everybody. Go tell them that they've been set free, that the Son of God set them free. They no longer have to be changed. We don't have to be changed and chained down by the enemy. All you got to do is accept a free gift. Everybody likes a free gift. If I gave you guys each a $100 bill, wouldn't you like that? Yeah. Yeah, Holly. Yep. Loud and clear there. Yeah. Nobody's going to give throw that away, are they? No. God gave us a gift that was worth more than any monetary value you could ever have. The gift of everlasting life. The gift of just being in his presence. You know, I get excited when I just hear a word from God. When I get a word, I get excited. Can you imagine when we're in the kingdom of God and you're hearing God speak? You're seeing Jesus face to face. Can you imagine? It's going to be a, it's undescribable. I can't even describe it. Words can't justify it. You know, the emotions can't, can't even show it. We have to believe. We have to have blind faith. 
And it's not even really blind faith. We just have to have faith in God's words that he's going to perform it. It's not not blind faith because we have it all written right here before us. We know the beginning and the end if you read the word. We just got to understand it. And when we don't, we got to seek God. Give us understanding. Help me, Lord Jesus. We're going to have to trust in God more and more in the days to come. More and more in the days to come. I mean, there's a lot of things that are changing fast in this world right now as we speak. This last week, things changed like that. With a stroke of a pen. Things are changing like that. Like, can't even keep up with them. We need to just press in. Not worry about it. God's got us covered no matter what happens. God's got us covered. We're going to press into the Lord. Whether Trump gets in there or not. You know, nothing's impossible. What looks impossible. But God is the God of impossibles, isn't he? God lives in the miraculous. Heaven is pretty miraculous. He lives in the miraculous. See, we don't understand it because we're not there yet. One day we're going to be all living in the miraculous. And that's going to be a sight to see, isn't it? I know all the saints that have gone before us are up there in heaven, and they just can't wait for Jesus to come back either. I guarantee you, they just can't wait to say, Oh, I can't wait for you to come home. I can't wait for you to see what I'm seeing. To hear what I'm hearing. To walk where I'm walking. To fly where, where I've been flying. I know they're up there. All of the loved ones that have gone before us, the saints that believed, they're up there. They're just like an amazement. We have to believe. We have to believe. We have to believe. We have to believe. We don't get doubt out. You know? Doubt out. Doubt out. Believe, believe, believe. Father, forgive us for our unbelief. Help us to believe. <clears throat> Amen? Amen? You know, this week I want to read it to you, but this week I, re- I read Psalms 118. And I'm going to close with this. Psalms 118, I got up, before I went out and started doing chores, you know, I tried to read the Word a little bit. And I got up, and I read this out loud in the house. My wife was upstairs just saying, Amen, Amen, Amen. I'm downstairs, and I'm hollering out Psalms 118. It says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Amen. Amen. There you go. You can't help but say amen to that, right? 
Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say His love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say His love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say His love endures forever. In my anguish I cried out to the Lord, and He answered by setting me free. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I will look on triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Think about that. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princesses. All the nations surround me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me on every side. But in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They swarmed me like bees. But they died out as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. I was pushed back, about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He has become my salvation. You got to say that to yourself over and over again. He has become my salvation. Because you got to get it in your heart and you got to believe it. He has become my salvation. In my strength, I can't save myself. In my intellect, I can't save myself. And I can't save anybody. Not one. But all I can do is lead them to the one who can save them. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. If God did mighty things before, he can do mighty things again. And you know, we're the generation that's going to see him. We're seeing them, even though it looks like we're being persecuted. We got to trust in God and saying, God is my salvation. God is my strength. God has done mighty things, and he's going to do mighty things again, because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. The Lord's right hand will do mighty things. Amen. I will not die, but live. I will not die, but live. I will not die, but live. You will not die, but live. You will not die, but live. 
and will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord, for this, for this is the gate of the Lord, through which the righteous may enter. I will give thanks, for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. O Lord, save us. O Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord we bless you. The Lord is God. And he has made his light shine upon us with bows in hand. Join in the festival procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God and I will give you thanks. You are my God and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Amen. Amen. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. So we don't have to worry. God's love endures forever. God's got us in in his palm of his hands. If we're trusting in him, if we're believing in him. Don't be tossed to and fro by every wave of doctrine. Trust in God. He'll never fail you or forsake you. He'll never leave you or abandon you. He is your Father in heaven who will take care of you, who will feed you, clothe you, and shelter you. He loves you more than you can imagine. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Why don't we come on, why don't we gather around down here? Why don't we come on down to the altar here? Gather around the altar. And let's just, you know, let's just all say it together. His love endures forever. Let's raise our hands and let's just worship God. And praise God. His love endures forever. Amen. Let God minister to you. Let Him work in your hearts. Let Him fill you with joy to overflow with faith that can move a mountain. God wants to minister to you right now, today. He wants you to feel His presence in your life. He wants you to know that you're loved and you're highly esteemed. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to go around and lay hands on you guys. Father, thank you.